Well, good morning, everyone. How you guys doing today? Hope you're having a good day. Hope you got some snacks. It's, I wish we could do this every single Sunday, don't you? I, uh, I, uh, man, if I, first time I ever came to church, if they were feeding you pork loin, I'd probably be there every Sunday. Call that the will of God, you know what I'm saying? Message from God. Somebody shows up with apple pie and pork loin, that's the church for me. So anyway, uh, the idea is uh, that we make guys feel special. Today's a special day. It's Father's Day. Also, to honor our fathers, uh, as she was saying before, as Vans was saying, we got a special message. But uh, we, we got, a, got some things we want to talk about, things we want to give away. Let's dive into this. I'm going to begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here. I pray that as we, as we explore what it is, the things that a father can say that will pack, impact the lives of young people, I pray that you will speak to our hearts and lives today. And may we honor you today with our lives, the most excellent father. In Christ's name, everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, happy Father's Day. No matter what stage in life that you are, when you go around your father, you're sometimes, if you're like me, you kind of check back into little guy mode. You know what I'm talking about? If you, if you, no, no matter how old you get, your father's still your father. You, you still do what he says, and you kind of you know, respect and honor your, honor your dad, no matter what. No matter what success you obtain in life or whatever. Guys are always changing. As fathers, we are changing, but still... We want to choose and we want to, to, to honor our fathers. It reminds me of a story of a, of a guy that said that he was riding with his dad. His dad was getting older. He was losing his memory and was also losing his driving skills. I got to think I was riding with my dad a couple weeks back or a few months back, and, and uh, he's driving, and I was watching him drive. And he, I mean, his driving ain't what it used to be. And I was over there on the passenger side, you know, pumping the brakes. You ever pump the brakes, you know, thinking, hey, man, <laughs> you know. It reminded me of a story of a guy that was riding with his dad, and his dad was losing his memory, and he was losing his driving skills, and as they were going along, they approached a red light, and they just kind of flew right through that red light, and he looked over his dad, and his dad didn't notice that. He thought, well, I'll let that go. That happened sometimes. Second light goes through, man. He just talking and driving and having a good, he ran right through that second red light. And then he said, we approached the third light, and I thought for sure he would stop for that. But he went through that like it was not even there. Cars, you know, had to screech, you know, slam on the brakes and everything. And he said, I had to say something. And it was like this. He said, Dad, are you aware of the fact that you have just run three red lights? And he says, Dad looked back at me and said, oh, am I driving? (laughs) And I was like, the thing is, you know, us dads, we're changing. But at any rate, we can always, always choose to honor our fathers. I remember I was about 26 years old when I first became a father. And I remember thinking to myself how this has changed my life. It, it changes your life for a couple of reasons. First of all, you look into the eyes of somebody that has your eyes, and they're a lot smaller. They're looking back at you. That changes your life. It also changes the way you look at God. And the way God, you, you feel that God views your life. I heard somebody, I was talking to a guy the other day that was recently married. And I said, hey, how's, how's the young married life going? He's been married for about, well, about six months. And he said, man, it is so wonderful to be married. And he talked about how, he, he said it was a new dimension of love. I think that I have a, 
a better understanding of the way God looks at us as children, the way I look at my, you know, the way Christ loved the church and all that. He said, I, I have a deeper sense of the way God loves me. And I looked at him, I said, wait till you have your first kid. Because that is a brand new dimension of love that you've never experienced. Well, first of all, it's, it's a huge gift that God gives you. God gives you this, this, this mini version of yourself. And they grow up and they have your mannerisms. Nothing affects you in a way like one of your kids doing the same kinds of things that you do for the same kinds of reasons. Of course, you want those to be good things. You want them to inherit your good traits. So it's a, it's a huge gift that it's kind of like you get a second chance to raise somebody that's like you. But there's also this huge responsibility that goes along with that because you're raising this person that, that, that God has gifted you with and everything that you do and everything that you say affects their lives for the rest of their lives. Think about that for a second. That's what kind of influence that we have. God has given you this gift that you get to influence this person and this person is not influenced by anybody so much as they are influenced by you. That is a gift from God. But it is a huge responsibility because everything that you do and everything that you say in front of them, they are watching you like a hawk and they're taking on your mannerisms and they're taking on the things that you love and they're taking on the things that you do. So there's this huge responsibility a gift and a responsibility. Well, I want to talk to you specifically about the things that we say as fathers and how this builds certain characteristics into our kids. In Judges, the sixth chapter, in the first verse, we know, you may know this story. It's the story of Gideon. Gideon was an Israelite, and this is an ancient Israelite story where he would go on to be a, a mighty warrior that God would use to create an army and would, would drive all the enemies out of Israel in those days. And in those days, Israel didn't have a king, and they used judges, and Gideon would go on to be a judge. In this story, the Midianites, the Bible said, had impoverished God's people. Hundreds of thousands of warriors came in with their camels and their legions of people, and they, they would steal all the crops at harvest time. This went on for years until finally we, we see that God began to step into their lives, that they begin to pray out or cry out to him. And here's where our story picks up in Judges, the sixth chapter, in the first verse. Judges 6 and 11 actually says this. The angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the clan of Abizer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero. One translation says, God is with you, mighty man of valor. He says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. I am the weakest of the weak and the least of the least. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. 
Gideon's story, as I said before, is an ancient story, but even though it's an ancient story, it's not so different than ours as men because we see that Gideon has issues. You know, guys have issues that affect their lives. Ladies, do you understand that your guy, I don't know if you know this, but your guy, he has issues. Do you know that about your guy? Guys have issues. And they started and they're developed or, you know, they're cultivated as we are young men. Let's talk about issues, Gideon's issues. First of all, is he had abandonment issues. The Hebrew word for abandon is to leave alone or to give up on. I believe that his troubles are sometimes like our troubles. He felt abandoned. He said, the Lord has abandoned us. Why has the Lord abandoned us? Lord, if you are with us, why does it feel like I'm alone? He feels abandoned. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt that, like you were in a situation that you were all alone in? Proverbs 29 and 15 says, a child left to himself, a child abandoned, if you will, disgraces his mother. You know, I believe many reasons why men do disgraceful things. Young boys do disgraceful things is because they have been abandoned by their fathers. If you abandon a young man, he grows up with issues. So first of all, Gideon has abandonment issues. Second of all, he has issues of fear. Gideon is hiding. He's in a place place that he's not supposed to be in. He's doing things that he has to do. He's, He's in a place of desperation. He is led by fear. You know, the very opposite of faith is fear. Young people get confused when they feel afraid, and if a young man feels afraid, he grows up with issues. The third issue we see that he has is he has identity issues. He says, I am the weakest And I'm the smallest, I'm the weakest in the whole tribe, we are the weakest tribe, and I am the youngest and the smallest of my father's house. What he's saying there is I have little or no value. Nobody would think much of me. He has identity issues. When a young man is confused about who he is, he chooses a path that somebody else chooses it for him. Let me say that again. When a young man is confused about who and what he is, he chooses a path that somebody else has for him. And that person many times replaces his father. And that's why young men fall into crime. That's why young men fall into gangs. That's, 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 that's because they have identity issues. Somebody else puts their identity on them. Somebody else puts value on the inside of them. Somebody else defines them, and that person is not their father. That's why, that's why as a father, you give your son an identity, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. Men need validation, and it comes mostly from a father. It comes from godly brothers around them, but mostly from a father. Otherwise, men grow up with identity issues. What Gideon needed was a father to speak into his life, I don't know if his father, Joash, was was absent from his life, but somehow or another, he didn't have this champion type of mentality that that it took to be a world-class leader. So God began to speak into his life. I want to tell you something. Maybe you're seated here today and your father isn't around for a number of reasons. Maybe he couldn't be in your life, or maybe he should have but just wasn't. Maybe he's absent. Maybe he passed away. Sometimes we need a heavenly father, like Gideon needed a heavenly father to speak into our lives. The Bible says that he is a father to the fatherless. That, that there are times when somebody can't, when nobody can speak to you but your heavenly father. And that's exactly what happened to Gideon. Gideon needed somebody to speak into his life to rescue him from his issues because he had a great plan and a great purpose in his life that he, would, he didn't know anything about. So that's what I want to ask you. What did God say to Gideon? 
that would speak into his life, draw out his strengths, help him deal with his issues, and cause him to be the world-class leader that he would be, to be the world-class conqueror that God would use to deliver the Israelite army. It would help him to overcome his issues for abandonment, for fear, and identity. What did God say to him? What were these words? These are words that I believe that we can say as fathers to our girls and to our boys. Number one, he spoke spoke words, he spoke courage into Gideon. God spoke courage. We have the ability as fathers to speak courage into the life of our sons and daughters. Verse 12 says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero? That's, that's not what Gideon was. He was hiding out. Mighty hero. But think, about, think of how powerful it is to step into somebody's life that was, that was lacking, somebody that was afraid, somebody was hiding out, to step into their lives and, hey, listen, you're my hero. I want you to look at your neighbor and say that. Say, you're my hero. Look up at me and say, PT, you're my hero. I don't think you meant it, but it feels good anyway. It feels good for somebody to step into your life and and, and call out in you something that needs to be there. I mean, it's look at your neighbor and say, you're very, very brave. Say it to him. You're very brave. You're very courageous. That, that builds courage in your life. Gideon first needed for a father to step in to his life and say, hey, listen, man. You're very brave. You're courageous. In fact, you're a man of valor. You are a hero, Gideon. What? That wasn't what he, that's not what it looked like. That's not what he was. I mean, he's hiding out in the back of a wine press. He's, he's planting wheat and, uh, on a threshing. He's doing all these things so nobody can see. He's out of acts of desperation, out of acts of fear. He's not a hero, but that's what God does. He looks into your life and draws out from you things that are there, that what he's going to do and what he's going to build in your life. And I want to tell you something. As words of a father can do, or as a father can do, your words can build courageous acts and leadership in the lives of your sons and daughters. You need to know that, guys. We need to understand that we have the ability to draw those out, draw those those characteristics out of our young men and our young women. It may not be how things are now, but there's so much more in you, Gideon. God's got a bigger plan than where you are right now. That's what, the, that's what he's saying. You're brave, you're a warrior. I know that you're hiding out and you're afraid and you're acting in fear, but God's got a bigger plan going on. God's got a bigger plan in your future than where you are right now. Anytime I found my kids doing something that they shouldn't, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I would never call them, and hopefully we don't do this, you'd never call them what they're doing. You find a kid, you, hey, you're a liar, No, they lied. That doesn't mean that they're a liar. There's a huge difference in calling a kid a liar. You don't want to do that because that's saying what they are. Better better call them, better call them what they're, hey, you're a man of truth. You don't lie. You see the difference. Yet yet you call out what's on the inside of them. When I would get onto my kids, I'd say, hey, this is not you. This is not you. This is not the way you act. This is not the way I raised you. You're a, you're, a, you're a little man of honor. You're a little girl of truth. This is not what you do. You speak courage into the lives of your kids. Every son looks at his father and wonders whether or not I'm like him. When you say you're brave, what you're saying to your son is you're like me. 
When you say that to your daughter, when you say, hey, you're, you're courageous, you're brave, what you're really saying to them, what they hear is, I'm just like my dad because they, they, think, they think that you're so brave. Even if you're not, they think that you're so brave. That's the influence that you have. You see, when you, when, when you do that, you find out that courage is not found. Courage is found in knowing not only who you are, but knowing whose you are. Did you hear that? Courage is found in not only knowing who you are, but knowing whose you are. When you say a mighty warrior, what he's saying is you don't have to hide. That's what, what God was saying to Gideon. You don't have to hide. Why are you hiding? Don't you know who you are? Courageous men don't hide. You're my son. You don't have to hide. A father speaks courage into the, into the life of his kids. Number two, with your words, you draw out the strength of your kids. Verse 14 says, when the Lord turned to him, or then the Lord, Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Go with the strength that you have. Gideon was thinking, I, I, what is he talking about? I'm the smallest. I'm the weakest. That's what Gideon believed. But God saw on the inside of him that he had a very, very strong heart. And he didn't just say, go with the strength I'm giving you. He said, go with the strength that you have. You are stronger than you know, Gideon. You are much, much stronger than you know. You know, that's a lot of things that we, we say to our kids. If you could, have you ever thought to yourself as you watch your kids playing sports, have you ever thought to yourself, I wish I could be inside his body? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought that? I wish that for a second I could be inside. I wish that he realized the potential that he had because kids, they don't realize the potential. They don't understand how strong they are. So they need for you to speak that strength into their lives. Listen. You're stronger than you know. You have an inner strength on the inside of you. You draw out their strength with their words. Listen to this. As I said, a father draws out the inner strength of his sons and his daughter. Listen to what God said to him. He said, I am sending you, Gideon. Go in the strength that you have. I am sending you. What was he saying there? Gideon, you don't believe in yourself. You wouldn't send you. But I believe in you. I believe in you, Gideon, and I, the Lord, your father, am sending you. That's how we, that, to get him to believe in who he was. He said, listen, I believe, you may not believe in you, but I believe in you, Gideon. In Psalm 28 and 7, it says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. There is a strength that is transferred from your heavenly father. You know, sometimes he says, he says, the Lord is my strength. Sometimes the Lord strengthens me, but sometimes the Lord is my strength. Do you know the difference? Sometimes the Lord strengthens me for something, but sometimes I just can't do it, and the Lord becomes my strength. You know, my, my prayers have changed for my kids. Once upon a time, my, my youngest is about to turn 20. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how does somebody in their early 40s have the youngest kid? That's not what you're thinking, obviously. My, my prayers have changed. Once upon a time, I would pray, Lord, help me to protect my sons and my daughters. Lord, I pray that you would help me to strengthen them. But now my prayers have changed it to, Lord, I can't always be there with them. Lord, I, I, can't, I can't always protect them. So, Lord, I pray that you will be their strength. I used to say this to my kids, and they can tell you right now how many times I've said this to them. Listen to me. I won't always be here, 
You've got to get strong. I won't always be here to come up behind you and make sure you do this. I won't always be here to protect you. You've got to protect yourself. You've got, you've got to be able to change your own flat tire. You know what I'm saying? You, you do that with your words. You bring strength out of your kids' lives. Fathers, our words build strength in the lives of our families. Lastly, I believe with our words, like the words that were spoken into Gideon's life, we have the power to build the characteristic of passion in the lives of our family. In verse 16, it says, The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. These words would fuel Gideon. He had some things to overcome, but God spoke this in him, and it, I believe at that moment, passion began to build in him. What was he saying? He was saying, you're not just going to conquer the Midianites. It's not just going to be this deal where you go down there with your army and you fight and you barely win. Listen to me carefully. You're going to go against them as an army and you're going to fight them with an army like you're fighting one person. This isn't even going to be a fight. And with those words, I believe that passion began to build in Gideon. You see, passion is the driving force for every fight in your life. Did you hear that? Passion is the driving force for your fight. Every fight in your life is driven, the, the, the effectiveness of that fight is driven with your passion. And listen to me, there are some things in, worth, some things in life that are worth fighting for. And I want to say that because a lot of times as we get older, as men, we tend to lose our heart and our passion for a fight. And I'm not talking about a fist fight. I'm not talking about going out, getting really upset with somebody because they honked at you in traffic. And I know that gets on all of our nerves. But that's not what I'm talking about. Your fight changes. You get out of high school. You get out of grade school. I know at some point we all have to sometimes get in a fight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your fight changes. And that's why God put a heart in you to fight but you need to understand there are, there's something in your life that are some things in life that are still worth fighting for. And I believe what God was saying to Gideon, Gideon, this is not just about your family. I want to tell you something. Of course, we understand that our fight or our family is worth fighting for, but it's not just about that. You're fighting for today and you're fighting for tomorrow. You're fighting for future generations. Gideon, this is not just about you and your family. Gideon, this is about the future of Israel. Gideon, God wants to, I want to do some things in your life that's going to change today and change the destiny of this nation. You have to understand that your heart to fight is not just about you today and your family, but it's about your children. It's about your children's children and future generations. Amen? And that's worth fighting for. And that's why God put a heart in you that longs to fight. And it's fueled with passion. Listen to me. Don't lose sight of your fight. Don't lose sight of your fight. We get distracted. My fight's with my boss. My fight's with my coworkers. I'm going to tell you something. Now more than ever, your fight is a spiritual battle. Your fight is for your kids. Your fight is for your home. Your fight is for the cause of Christ. If you lose sight of your purpose, if you lose sight of what you're fighting for, that's your purpose. If you lose sight of your purpose, you lose sight of your passion. And your passion is what drives your fight. Guys, did you get that? Let me say it again. If you lose sight of your purpose, 
You see, your purpose, that's what your fight is. If you lose sight of your purpose, you lose your passion, and your passion is what makes you get up in the morning. Your passion is what you deal with and what you fight and why why you never give up. Can I ask you a question? Have you lost your passion for life, for love, for serving God? Have you lost that passion? I want to tell you something. You can rekindle that. I want to tell you this. If you've lost your passion, you've lost sight of your purpose. And you need to get that stirred up. You need to get that stirred up. Look at your neighbor and say, look at the guy sitting next to you and say, you need to get turned up. You need to get stirred up, turned up, burned up. Light yourself up on fire. Stir up the passions on the inside of you. You have a fight to win that is fueled by passion. I want to tell you something. With our passionate words, we drive the purpose of our family. Your words are so important to your kids. Your words are so important to your family. When you set your kids down every now and then and we talk about them and maybe somebody's done something wrong or maybe you're, you're, you're leading them into a new, a new dimension or things are changing in your house, every now and then you gotta take inventory of your home and say some things. Hey guys, we are meant for greatness. Our family's meant for greatness. Let me tell you something. You and your family is meant for greatness, okay? God has a plan for your life. And the only people, the only person that's going to speak that into your family, guys, is you. And you need to say that every now and then to your family. Guys, God has called us for greatness. He has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for our lives to impact our world. That's why we live differently. That's why people of the world look at us and think that we might be just a little bit odd. Because God has got a a plan for our lives. And that's why we act differently. That's why we go to church. That's why we serve God with our lives. That's why we pray. That's why we read scripture. That's why we're a little bit radical. We are passionate. We are not casual about our relationship with the Lord. Jesus was not casual about his life for us. We are passionate about our walk with God. We serve him with a passion. Listen to me. You speak those kinds of words to your family, you will raise not average kids. You will raise world changers that will change their world. Amen? Here's the deal. As fathers, nobody can impact the lives of his family and his kids more than you. What you say to your kids. And guys are so quiet when it comes to building the lives of their kids. They they let that go to mom. You know, mom, she can, she's she articulates better. She says, okay, she says it better than I do. She's good at it. But let me tell you something. Nobody has the potential to build courage, strength, passion like you do. God has put that on the inside of you guys. This is not the time in this world that we live in. This is not the time to be silent and let mama take care of it. This is a different world. This is, it's so important that you look into the eyes of your sons and your daughters and say, you've got my heart, you've got my strength. We are different. God is going to do something incredible in your life. My friend, listen to me, man. You are a champion for God. That's not what you do. That's not how you act. I didn't raise you to act that way. This is what you're going to do. You are a mighty warrior. You're a mighty man. You're a mighty princess of honor. You are my prince. You are my princess. God is going to do something great in your life. You talk to your kids like that, they believe it. And they grow up and they change the world. And they take a stand 
when other kids won't take a stand. They grow up secure. They don't have to follow people around and do the things that other kids are doing because, of, because they don't believe in themselves. You teach them to believe in themselves by the words that you speak to them. Amen? I want to close with this. God's words gave Gideon a fuel that would change his life. I don't know if you know the story of Gideon. But he had thousands of warriors. And God said, Gideon, there's too many people here. If these guys go to war and win against the Midianites, people will think that the mighty army did it. I don't want them to have credit for it. Remember, Gideon, I said that I would do this through you. But it's not going to be about you. It's going to be about me. So over the process of tests and elimination, the first test, 20,000 guys. Anybody that doesn't want to be here, anybody that's not sure about what we're doing here, you guys can go home. 20,000 guys left that day. Another test, a few thousand, 3,000 left. And then there were just 300 guys. 300 guys standing there to go up against 200,000 Midianites. I mean, think about that for a second. Think about, think about Gideon thinking about, God, you said, you said that you were going to do this and you've left me with 300. God said to him, listen, man, I told you. I told you you were a mighty man of valor, but it's not about, it's not about how good you are with the sword. It's not about your fist. It's not about the muscle in your arm. It's not about that. Your fight's different. Your fight's about your heart. I need you to obey me. I I need you to trust me. If you obey me and trust me, I'm going to deliver this entire nation through you and 300 crazy guys with a vase and a lamp. Read the story. It's incredible. And God did it. He delivered them. The Midianite army, they woke up in the middle of the night confused. They killed themselves. They attacked themselves. 200,000 guys. They didn't even have to fight. And then all of a sudden, they believed in themselves. And then, after this fight that they didn't have to fight, Gideon's army became these mighty, fierce 300 warriors that drove out thousands, tens of thousands of guys. I mean, they were the most fiercest warriors. For the next few years, they conquered everybody until the land of Israel was at peace for 40 years. And Gideon became one of the most famous judges that ever ruled the land of Egypt, or the land of Israel before the kings. And it all started with a heavenly father stepping into his life when he had all these issues all these fears of a father stepping in saying, you're better than this. I got something great for you and you don't see it now. But you're a warrior. Listen to me, guys. Maybe you're here today and I'm specifically talk to the fathers. Maybe you're here. Maybe your father hadn't been around. Maybe for some reason father's never said things like that to you maybe he hasn't had the chance or maybe he just didn't could it be that 
your heavenly father wants to say some things to you today that somebody has never, nobody has ever said to you before. Could it be? Think about that today as I, as I pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here. I especially pray for fathers. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. I, I believe, Lord, that you want to say some things to us to speak to our hearts. And I pray for the heart of every man that's here. Thank you for the gift and the responsibility of being a father. Lord, I pray right now as as we are here in this moment that you will speak to every father, that you will speak words of courage, of strength, and passion. You are the most excellent father. So will you speak these words? And, and Lord, for, for those of us, for those that are here, maybe their father has never spoken to them words that build their lives. Lord, today can be changed. We receive that in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, say amen. As you continue to bow your heads, maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ and he's not Lord and Savior of your life. We've been talking about a father, but do you know your heavenly father? who longs to know you, to experience fellowship or relationship with you. Maybe you can say, Travis, I've, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I've never given him my life. Or maybe you can say, Travis, I, I lived for God at some point in my life, but at some point I walked away from God and maybe the Lord is speaking to you today. Don't walk through this life and never have a relationship with your heavenly father. If God's speaking to you today, maybe you can say, Travis, I've never given my life to Christ or I walked away from God. Whatever your story is, today I would like to give you an opportunity to come home and give your life to Christ. With nobody looking around, listen, uh, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to single you out. We're not going to ask you to walk aisles or anything like that. I'm just going to say a prayer here in just a second. And if you can say, Travis, I'd like to give my life to Christ today. And as we pray, you can say, Travis, just enter me into that prayer, and I'm going to pray with you. I just want to know if I'm praying for people today. Travis, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. Let me see your hand just quickly so I'll know I'm praying for people. Can anybody say that? See your hand over here on the left. You can put it down, sir. Anybody else? Anybody else? So I just know. See your hand right there in the back? You can put it down. Anybody else? Just to let me know you're serious. I'll ask one more time, then we'll pray. Okay, we're going to pray. And I don't know if I saw everybody's hand, but I know we had a couple, so we're going to pray. And as we pray, repeat this prayer after me, and we'll all pray together as a church. Today you can come home. You can give your life to Christ. Just repeat after me all together. Dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you and I invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Please forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean and whole. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. Now take my life and use it for your cause. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate. That's good news. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come home.